0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. The eleven disciples set out for Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had arranged to meet them. When they saw him, they fell down before him, though some hesitated. Jesus came up and spoke to them. He said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore make disciples of all the nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe all the commandments I gave you, and know that I am with you always, yes, to the end of time. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I wanted us to do something today, because we need to do it, that's why. (laughs) Um, I want us to trace the trajectory, the journey of Jesus' flesh, because this is of paramount importance. This is what it's all about, the flesh, the living body of Jesus. Where has it been? Where is it, and where is it going? So where does it Start because it does have a beginning, even though Jesus is God who has no beginning. The flesh of Christ does have a beginning, and we celebrate it at December and near the end of the month. Kids, Christmas, big kid over here, Christmas, Christmas, God became flesh. When we were on pilgrimage, you're going to be there soon, Terry, but when we were on pilgrimage, we went to the church of the Annunciation where the angel. Declared to Mary, you're going to have a son and it's going to be God. <laughs> um, and and in the, if you read the scriptures, it says... I'm going to butcher the the Greek, the Latin here, but it says... Um, uh, one sec. Um, oh, I'm going to wreck it. Anyway, the point, the point, it's not about the Latin, but the point is outside the door and in the scriptures, it says, and the word was made flesh. And you'd see this written in Latin everywhere. But when you go into that church... And when you go into all the places that the scriptures are they add a little word it's a latin word hic. it says um uh, i don't I, I wish i wrote down the latin but it says basically it says and the word became flesh here Hic means here and it, it just blows you away to see that because you're like the scripture which is alive is different here <laughs> and there's a reason something happened here the word became flesh the word who had no beginning, who was with God in the beginning, through whom everything was made, etc., etc., all the divine things we know, concretized somewhere locally, tabernacled with his people physically. Um, you know, God says, who can build a temple for me? I'm God. You can't build you know, beautiful structures that are fit for me. I made everything. But then he comes and builds himself a structure, and look at what he made. It's in the image and likeness of himself. It's us. Okay, so the flesh comes to Bethlehem and grows up slowly, just like any infant has to. Depends on the, the warm embrace of his mother and, and the protective arm of his father and a whole lot of other things. And angels garner their steps as they go. Okay, The flesh grows up in Nazareth. And then eventually his public life begins and and that's at the baptism. We remember that scene, don't we? John the Baptist is already there saying, someone's coming, it's not me. And Jesus turns up and then there's this dramatic scene where the heavens are open and the voice of the Father says, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. So the flesh is bathed, is baptized, is reborn. This is important. See, sometimes we think that God came and sort of went down into the fleshy reality, and that's true. But the direction is, that's not the important direction. The mystery of the Incarnation, is, I've said this before, is that God takes all flesh up into Himself. He draws us up into Himself. He's continually doing this. It's all He's doing, drawing us up into Himself. Therefore, the Incarnation is not just about some little Hebrew boy. It's about every single little boy and girl and man and woman and everything. (laughs) All flesh is taken up into itself. And what does he do? He bathes it. He renews it. Washes it of every stain. Kind of renders it like a newborn in suppleness. The baptism. Okay. After the baptism, this flesh is urged out into the desert to be tested. The flesh of Christ is tested. He fasts, he prays, he does battle with the devil. The Catechism has this great word with regard to this. It says, um, Jesus recapitulates, which means everything that human flesh did wrong, Jesus beautifully and flawlessly goes and redoes correctly. He recapitulates the divine plan because we so often fall off track. So Jesus makes sure that it's done right in him. Um, It starts in the desert where he's tested and then he goes back into the public and his mission begins. And just think of how quick that flesh moved, you know? He went to work, quick smart. And and he was not ashamed or afraid or indifferent to every other flesh that he encountered, whether it was leprous or socially outcast or foreign of some nation that they were at war with or, or... super rich and above everyone else all flesh was impressed literally he made a deep impression on the people on their flesh with his flesh i love the bodily reality of our faith it's just glorious anyway this is jesus admission. finally and he tries to keep a bit of a lid on his mission he does what he tells us not to do he says don't put a don't put your light under a bushel basket but that's precisely what he did Because if his light shone too bright too quick, they'd crucify him on day three. (laughs) He needed a good couple of years, you know. So he sort of said, don't tell anyone I did this, don't do that. Go and do the prescribed laws and whatever. Eventually he says, okay, it's time for this light to shine. And the darkness is not going to like it. The dark cannot overcome it, but it still comes with all its venom. So Jesus is arrested and his flesh undergoes the passion. It's broken, in other words. It weathers all torment and misery. Everything that we've all tasted in our lives, but in a sense, the sum total of it comes to do away with him, to consume his flesh. If it could, it can't, but it tried. Um, And then that flesh died. And this is important. Jesus, who was a real person, suffered in reality, he died a real death. He was buried in a real tomb. As real as any of our loved ones who are buried in that seminary over there in Bointanum, whatever. He was in the ground. A fleshy reality took place. And then, against all expectation, that flesh rose. Think about that. <laughs> By the way, this is the lowest and the highest point, in a way, of all of history. Can you think of a lower point than God dying? I can't. God died. That's pretty low. You can't get lower than that. No wonder his disciples were just. They didn't know what to do. And then he comes back. Again, they didn't know what to do. These are two very extreme things right next to each other. Anyway, sorry, I'm getting sidetracked here. The flesh resurrected. And Jesus made, went to great lengths to show his disciples, "I'm not a ghost. This isn't an illusion. You're not imagining this. Um, you know any other thing that you think this is? It's not a hallucination. Nothing. I'm here. Look at my wounds. You can touch them if you like. You're partaking of a meal. I'll partake of it with you." Mary comes and grabs his his legs, and he says, "Let go of me, because there's still some movement for this flesh to undergo." Finally, today. The flesh of Christ which underwent all that stuff just remember everything that it's been through and now in a new quality it's raised and it ascends this is a bit of a mind boggling mystery you know we know what time and space is and I know how to move that chair there like I know how to move stuff in space and time where did the real flesh of Christ go because it was real and it ascended to heaven where's that up behind Pluto where did his flesh go in the scriptures Jesus shows us what he's doing and he shows us why him going is cause for great joy because he didn't go up up and away as Bishop Barron often says he somehow floods everything like, like there's nowhere that he isn't now He's closer to you than you are to yourself. He's closer to us in this moment than he was to his apostles, who he called by name and they followed him. Think about that. That's really close. The ascended Lord is, is with us and we are in him. In him we live and move and have our being, as it says in Acts. Beautiful stuff. So we're sort of um, enmeshed in the flesh of Christ now, if you like. In a moment, we're going to offer each other the sign of peace. Who are you touching as you shake someone's hand? The body of Christ. Then we come to the summit of all sacraments. We come to the altar. Who's what are you receiving in that tiny, unsuspecting wafer of bread? The body of Christ. So it's not up away from you, it's a heavenly reality in your hands. It's a heavenly reality pressed against your body. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? This is beautiful stuff, it's beautiful. We ought to just weep as we think about it. Um, I think that's all I wanted to say, that we're, 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 something beautiful is happening right now. And, and in a way, our faith is so simple, it's almost funny. It's like a really simple faith, but the best mysteries are simple because they're deep. You know, They're so simple that you could just sit with it really for the rest of your life, and that's what you're meant to do. Sit and realize this reality. Um, I want to finish with the words of St. Augustine who's a little less excitable than me and a little more eloquent close your eyes if you like and hear these words from St. Augustine they come from the middle of the fourth century today Jesus Christ our Lord went up to heaven let our hearts go up with him Christ is now raised above the heavens But he still experiences on earth whatever sufferings we, his members, feel. He showed that this is true when he called out from heaven, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And I was thirsty and you gave me drink. Why then do we not exert ourselves on earth so as to be happy with him already in heaven through the faith, hope, and charity which unite us with him. Christ, while in heaven, is also with us. And we, while on earth, are also with him. He did not leave heaven when he came down to us from heaven. And he did not leave us when he ascended to heaven again. The unity between us and himself is real. For he is our head and we are his body.